You are listening to the Doc Doc Goose Podcast. And welcome to episode 11 of the Doc Doc Goose Podcast. We are the podcast that is never politically correct and always HIPAA compliant. Nailed it again. First My time. name is Sean Palmer. I am one of your docs. This is Ben Imes. He's your other doc. Uh, also a physician, by the way. Ooh, a doctor and a physician. Those are rare. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And our goose, Matty Imes. Not a doctor and not a physician. Ooh. Also a good combination. Also not a physician. <laughs> Barely a goose. Barely a goose. <laughs> All right. So this episode is health articles again. This is episode 11. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the last episode, which was where we teamed up with Desert Moms blog to talk about some of the common questions that parents have. Uh, if you have not heard that one, it is fantastic. We had Ashley Richards on. Go back and listen to it. And I got to tell you guys, I learned a lot from that episode. So I'm really glad we did that one. <laughs> Uh, Who did a, you learn from? Uh, you know, a lot from uh, myself. Um, but <laughs> you just started talking and learning. I was like, wow, thing. this is good news here. But, you know, our goose had some good things to share. And believe it or not, Dr. Palmer, I was impressed with what you had to say. Thanks. Yeah. I think. Mm, yeah. I impress myself sometimes. <laughs> Congrats. Um, probably, probably the main takeaway from it uh is uh our talk about trampolines and um whether you should get one or not so if you ever had that question you should go back and listen before we launch into our health articles we probably should yes. do a disclaimer disclaimers yeah it's a good thing we got the show notes right in front of all of us uh so <laughs> our disclaimer for today is this is an educational podcast uh by listening to this podcast with us you really aren't establishing a physician-patient relationship, a PT-patient relationship, or an architect-client relationship, or even a mother goose with a baby goose relationship. So uh, <laughs> if you are assuming that you are establishing any of those relationships, stop it. Uh, also, the views on this podcast are solely our own. They do not represent the views of our employers. So Stewart Health is not being represented. Innovative Pain and Wellness, you're off the hook this time. And Another Look Architecture, is that correct? Yes. You're actually correct. represented because you're a sole <laughs> owner. So, um, sorry, you're on the hook. Damn it. <laughs> this is a kid's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we can bleep that out. So, <laughs> What kids are listening to this? <laughs> the really intelligent ones. Kids, you know who you are. Well done. You know, well, honestly, it's probably the parents that are they're listening to it in the car, and the kids are in the back seat going, "Do we have to listen to this again?" Because <laughs> we all did. We were kids. Now we're the ones on the on the radio. The kid wants turned off. Right. They'd rather listen to something like a Veggie Tale sing along, but instead they're listening. I would to, too. Yeah, I do too. Maybe we could contact right. them and see if they can do some background music for us. Remember growing up, my mom would listen to Dr. Laura Schlesinger in the car. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me again, <laughs> Dr. Laura. All right. Anyway, to things that matter. Uh, this is our health article roundup episode. 
where we each present a health article and have a fun little discussion about it. Um, we did not, uh, whose ding was that? Uh, that would be the goose. <laughs> the goose is dinging. Take, take a guess. <laughs> well, that solves who's going to go first. You're up. I heard a ding. We know who's going first. Good. Just like I like it. My article today comes from WebMD. And the title is Impossible New Veggie Burgers Make a Run at Beef. So this article talks about just the improvements that veggie burgers have made and how they've made burgers that look and taste like actual beef. I Have you guys tried these Impossible Burgers yet? No, not yet. I gotta be honest, I haven't either, but they look fantastic. Every time and, they're on the menu, no. I'm like, wow, I, I've heard good things about these, but then I really want a real burger. So it's hard for me to say. And let's, that's let's part of this article. They claim that these veggie burgers satisfy even a sworn carnivore. Okay, so I think what we need to do is... Uh... Eat burgers. <laughs> no, no, yeah, we, we, we got to go try these and uh, definitely like do a, uh, a Instagram taste test taste test video video let's do it video. let's let's get <laughs> let's get this documented for posterity we we were at uh hop dotty uh, a week or two ago and they had a uh warning on the door that said due to nationwide popularity of the impossible burger we are out of stock what and that's the first time i ever heard about it but apparently they're so popular that places just can't even get their stock of them wow whoa that's yeah. pretty amazing whoa so supposedly, supposedly, these burgers replicate meat so closely in taste and texture, they even bleed. Ew. Yeah, gross, huh? How's that? And is it, is it green blood or is it red blood? Oh, there's red vegetables out there, such as beets. Oh, I actually don't eat vegetables, so I didn't know about this. So hold on, let me Google beets real quick. Give me a second. Yep, those are red. Yep, they're and red. They're okay. in these burgers. Wow, pretty wow. amazing. All right. Um, one thing this article does point out: these are not your typical veggie vegan burgers. So, if you're expecting a veggie burger, this is not for you. It is a veggie burger, but it's not a veggie burger. Do they do they talk in the article about like the health benefits of this burger? Like, is this? They do. So they say they're healthier than your normal burger because they provide fiber, eliminate heart clogging cholesterol. Um, although they do have more sodium uh, than meat, so. More That's sodium than normal meat. So count. if you've got like high blood pressure, this may not be the way for you to go. This, well, yeah, not not the a regular burger is the way to go either. Uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of the point of this article, saying yes, these are a good substitute for your typical burger, but it's not necessarily the healthiest choice. Okay, so it's a it's a good substitute, 
without necessarily yep. replacing all vegetables ever. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to try one. I've never never tried it, and supposedly a bunch of restaurants are jumping on board. Uh, Sean mentioned Hop Dottie. There's also Carl's Jr., Del Taco, and Burger King. And surprisingly enough, Ben, Little Caesars. What? My yes. go-to staple? Little Caesars. That is fantastic. Yes. You who and Little Caesars. You who and Little Caesars. I applaud your diet, sir. <laughs> it's the way to my heart right there. If I'm feeling down, just bring me a you who and some Little Caesars. Um, I'm trying to wow. think. Wow, that's pretty cool. So the Impossible Whopper should be available nationwide by the end of the year. That is correct. Uh, Supposedly, they did a field test in St. Louis and saw 18% more foot traffic. Wow. Interesting. So I'm wondering if this is one of those trends that's just going to last for a little bit where everybody's trying right now and then it's going to die off. Such as the, what was that donut? The croissant donut? The oh, the, the cronut. Cronut? Cronut. Yeah, I think yes. that was it. Cronut. I've never had a cronut. You know, me neither. But they were really big when they first came out. And I haven't seen them since. So. Huh. Ben, have you had a cronut? Uh, yes, but it wasn't fresh. It was like a two-day-old cronut. It was good. <laughs> Why? Well, I wanted to try one, and somebody had one in a box that was like sitting around, and they're like, here's a cronut. And so, I don't know. That sounds like a good idea. It, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever done. Let's not go into those stories, but... Um... I don't know. The question is, the people that are looking for the, uh, a veggie burger, do they want one that tastes like a veggie burger, or do they want one that tastes like the real thing the people who want a burger that tastes like meat but want to be healthier are they well a does that crowd exist because i'm not in that crowd um and would they actually jump to this it would be interesting if we had some vegans out there who actually listen to our show and we haven't completely alienated yet um to see if they (laughs) if they uh sorry remember with our our uh, diet episode Mm. Some of us may have not not done so well with that. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, it, it'd be interesting to hear if if vegans do want food that tastes like their regular counterparts, or do they want something completely new that just tastes fantastic? You know, is this a good option for them? I I agree. I don't know. But for somebody like me who doesn't eat very healthy, if I can get some vegetables that taste like a hamburger, I think that's a reasonable way to trick my body into eating vegetables. <laughs> you know. There you go. We got one person that might switch over. Yeah, uh, I'm, I will. I will do a taste test. I don't know if I can it's make done. a blind one, but I'll at least do a taste. We'll do. Test. We'll do a show taste test. Ooh, we should do a blind one. Ooh. Yeah, we'll put a burger, an Impossible Burger, and a Cronut. <laughs> <laughs> and see which one everyone picks. <laughs> <laughs> what if? What if we used? Oh, what if we used the Cronut for the bun? Oh, now you're thinking. I know. Impossible Krona. <laughs> this is going to be perfect. We may have to launch the DDG Impossible Krona in stores everywhere 
I I think we should start a restaurant and have everything normal, but with these impossible burger patties and call everything the same, but put impossible in front. So like an impossible quesadilla. Exactly. Or an impossible salad. Yeah. Huh. The impossible goose burger. Ah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How has nobody eaten goose so far as a burger? How have we not tried that? I haven't seen this. I've had an ostrich burger. Have you had a goose burger? Do they make those? I mean, I don't know. Isn't isn't I've had pat, duck. pate? What is that? Goose liver, pat right? Thai? No, not no, pad thai. Pate. Hold pate. on. Now I've got to do some googling. Pate. I don't know. I'm not pate. rich enough to eat stuff like that. Pate. I, I ate balut. Last week, then. No. Not on purpose. Oh. How do you do it on accident? Was Most it a blind taste testing? It's on accident. It just, <laughs> it just happens. I don't know. Um, it was in a soup, and I ate it, and I was like, what is this? And my wife told me, and I about threw up. So uh, for those of you who missed episode, I think it was episode nine, maybe eight, we described Balut and that one. So for those of you who are too lazy to go back and actually listen to the episode, uh, Balut is... Hey, don't Google it. Is not to be Googled, first of all. <laughs> don't Google Especially it. if children in the room. Second of uh. all, Balut is where they take the egg of a semi-developed chicken, right? It's already started to develop, and yes. eat the uh, duck. Not that it? chicken. It's a duck. Duck. It's a duck. Duck. Oh, sorry. Duck. duck. And and they eat the embryo from inside the, um, the egg. This is true. Yeah. This is it looked like they true. cooked a half-formed baby duck, which, and it's squishy. That's that's it. Very squishy. If that doesn't just make you want to have a little balut, I don't know what will. <laughs> Stick to the Impossible Burgers. Stick to the Impossible Burgers. Indeed. Indeed. Next that was a called. really good article. Impossible Burger. It was. Oh, I'm glad wow. you brought that up because I, I saw the, the art, the, uh, that notice on Hopdotty and I had no clue what the Impossible Burger was. I was like, hmm. all right. Well, I didn't want it anyway, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And we will update everyone after we have our blind taste testing. Uh, I... Should I go next? Or should we... Sure. Can I? You want to? Can I? I'm excited. Go I'm kind of excited it. about this one. Uh, I'm because excited for you. Because it involves one of my most favorite animals of all time. Hmm. The naked mole rat. <laughs> for those of you who don't believe that such a thing exists, you have not been watching your Disney channel and Kim Possible, um, who is uh, the, the heroine of the TV show, right? And then she's got a sidekick named Ron, who has a naked mole rat for a pet. And uh, they have lots of adventures together. Anyway, this article is not about that pet, but about the naked mole rat and how they actually have something inside their body that blocks pain. What? So they're, they're looking into this for maybe possible future pain treatment. Um, as Dr. Palmer can probably readily attest, most of his patients come to him in some sort of pain. That's usually why they're there for physical therapy. Um, I have a ton of patients every day seeking new pain treatments and we don't have, we don't always have great options. And, uh, and now with the opioid crisis that's going on where 
There's just so many narcotics out there. Uh, and the government is really trying to reduce the amount of narcotics out there. We, we're losing an, one of the tools that we have to uh, treat pain. So uh, this article found in the journal Science, which is a very prestigious journal, is called Rapid Molecular Evolution of Pain and Sensitivity in Multiple African Rodents. Which the subtitle is How the Mole Rat Lost Its Pain. So I like the subtitle a little better. Uh, Sounds but... like a children's book. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, kids. Today we're going to read the story of How the Mole Rat Lost Its Pain. Um, and that is the overexpression of the leak channel in ALCN. All right. Um, so what they did was uh, the researchers kind of have, uh, you know, did a whole bunch of wild RNA sequencing and a bunch of science mumbo jumbo. They found that these rats have an overexpression of a gene that produces a sodium leak channel and blocks pain receptors. And the way that they did this was they exposed these mole rats to ants and had them get but... bitten and the mole rats didn't mind apparently <laughs> <laughs> they it might be going torture. a little far these yeah. these molecular changes this is a direct quote these molecular changes likely rendered the mole rats immune to the stings of the natal drop tail ant isn't that fantastic uh it could be bad if you're standing in a field of ants and then you don't notice until way late but uh for everybody else who experiences pain, uh, being able to have this would be a pretty awesome thing, I think. That is pretty amazing. Yeah. Are I they? Agree. What's the What's the next test? So I think the next the next step testing would be athletes. Right. Next. Right. Would be to. Um, yeah, you go from moles to athletes, right? That's the next. Right. Jump. Right. You go straight from mole rat to high end athletes. So we got to get yeah, LeBron yeah. James, um, Kawhi Leonard. I think Steph it'd be Curry. big for like UFC. Oh yeah, um, possibly football also, where you're you could, taking you could a lot of hits, fight forever, play a game yeah. forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like put that into UFC. Yeah, it just goes on forever. Yeah, your, your matches never stop. Um, <laughs> like the person dies. That's that's how someone actually loses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They finally just die. That's ultimate UFC. Um, <clears throat> which doesn't the U already stand for ultimate? Ultimate, ultimate yeah. fighting FC. champion. Ultimate okay. fighting champion. Well, I think they've got to come up with a better name then. Um, Let's throw meat in there, and they could be the impossible fighting champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could put this substance somehow in the Impossible Burger, and they have to eat it right before the match. So uh, it's actually not a substance. I mean, this is a, an expression of their genes, and so we'd have to figure out how to. Um, either make this happen in humans or somehow cause this uh, overexpression naturally in humans. So uh, th I think this is just an, an early uh, stage. This isn't going to be ready for humans anytime soon, but I think it's really kind of cool because um, it combined my favorite, one of my favorite animals with one of the things that I just battle with the most. So, and that's, <laughs> that's pain. That That's really neat that I, I've actually seen, um, other articles actually just pulled up. Um, so they actually found this in another uh, rodent as well. Uh, 
desert mice. So this one is the the grasshopper mouse. Um, so I saw, uh, I think it was on the news a couple of years ago about this, that they, they learned that the grasshopper mouse is immune from scorpion stings. Oh yeah. yeah so it, so it, they hunt scorpions and they, 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 they found the same idea because they're trying to figure out why these mice aren't getting hurt by the scorpion stings. Cause they go after the bark scorpions, which we have here in Arizona that are the most poisonous ones. And it's exactly the same thing that they found in, in the grasshopper mice. Um, which is pretty cool. And they actually did try to, uh, this article I just pulled up, said they actually did try to put out a synthetic um, cocktail that was approved by the FDA as a painkiller. That's back in 2005. It says a synthetic cocktail of cone snail venom was approved by the FDA as a painkiller. Um, also on the list for study, tarantula venom and centipede venom uh, to inspire long-lasting broad-spectrum treatments for chronic pain. Hmm. Um, that's really interesting. I don't know, uh, lately where this has gone, but exactly to what, what Dr. Rimes was saying, the, um, what, what they're trying to figure out is how these, how these animals are naturally, uh, cause mounting a response to their pain. Um, and, and so they wouldn't have to have any, any, uh, outside substance help them, which is, is pretty cool if we can figure that out. My goodness, that would change the face of, of, of pain for good. Right. I mean, so this, this could be pretty wild. Oh, yeah. Um, but the, the question I have is, is it something that can actually be reproduced? Or is it just a um, uh, an evolutionary um, adaptation? Um, you know, that... that they had these mice have to feed on these scorpions. So they have to have a way to protect themselves. And that's just, you know, let's say they got stung so many times that their body developed a, an antibody to it. Um, you know, and that's, and that's where we are today. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the trouble is, uh, there's a, um, a scientist back in the 1800s called Linnaeus who proved that acquired characteristics, uh, is not something that's real. So, sorry, Dr. Palmer. We've had a couple hundred years since then to prove him <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Did, didn't they still think the Earth was flat back then? Oh. That's also true, but what what do they know? <laughs> I mean, some of us still think the Earth is flat. Yes, yes. Did not me, just... not me. I'm just saying. Just... Oh, Ben does. Ben, gotcha. That's me. And if you ever want to have a discussion about why the Earth is flat, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> i've been trying to convince my wife that the earth is not only flat but actually resides on the back of a giant turtle floating through space so um that's been going well that's been going well that's good yeah uh dr palmer do you have an article this week <laughs> oh, let's move John. on please before any impressionable children going. are listening and believe that some of this nonsense is actually true <laughs> you wait till your kid gets into classes <laughs> next week. Guess what my daddy just said. <laughs> but he's a doctor. He knows. It's got to be real. He's smart. Yeah. Um, thank you, Ben. That was a, that was a good article. Um, I think that's, that's going to be one of the most fascinating things, uh, areas of research, if they can figure that out and how to reproduce that. Right. Absolutely. It'll change the face of treatment. I think 
back in episode one or two, I remember, I think, uh, Ben, you asked your brother what the um, most important quality in a doctor is. Yes. And Matt had a very good answer. We were all surprised of where he said empathy. Yeah. Um, am I remembering that correctly? That happened here. That, that was here. That was here. I think it was episode one or two. That's well, That's <laughs> I came across an interesting article that talked about a physician who actually feels his patient's pain. The article is called The Anatomy of Empathy. This is in Vice News. Wait, did you just say this is from Vice? Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll go I, with that. I know. We're going to go I with know. it for a little bit. <laughs> this isn't. I, I know. It's not a medical. Um, well, it's not actually a smart anything, but that's okay. Uh, <clears throat> so this, this physician's name is Joel Salinas, who says he can actually feel his patient's pain. Um, so I'm just going to, going to read a couple paragraphs of this and then then we'll discuss this. Uh, one morning in the winter of 2007, a medical student sprinted toward a code blue at the university of Miami hospital. A man had collapsed in the waiting room before the alarm sounded. The two men were strangers seconds after 24 year old Joel Salinas and the man having a heart attack became linked, not just by Salinas's medical responsibility to try to save him but by an incredible fluke of the brain that allowed Salinas to intimately experience what the man was feeling. Salinas has a condition called mirror touch synesthesia, which means simply that when he sees another person feel something, he feels it too. Um, He goes through what it felt like uh, as the man was having a heart attack and he was a trying to save the person b experiencing the same symptoms himself Skipping down a little bit, it says, Now 34, Salinas is better at managing the constant barrage of other people's sensations. Since his book was published, he's been the subject of several articles that tout his mere touch synesthesia as the reason he's an excellent doctor, rather than being a hindrance to his work. Um, As one reporter put it, because of mere touch, he closely attends to his patients, leading to effortless empathy with their condition. So it talks about like if he's in like an ICU, uh, an ICU um, rotation or whatever, like every bed he passes by, he will feel that person's symptoms or at least his mind will mimic those symptoms. Like he, he passes by a guy who's, who's, you know, thrown up into a bucket and he gets nauseous himself. He, you know, and, and all down the line, it's not just cause he gets nauseous by, by throw up. That's, that's kind of common. That's but, normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of normal. Um, but he genuinely has these. Uh, it showed also that he was doing a, a uh, evaluation on uh, someone who had a stroke. And he was saying that he understood some of the symptoms that, that she was feeling because he was aware of them himself. Hmm. <laughs> so, but I go for it. It sounds like he has to be alerted to their symptoms it's not like he just like looks in your eyes deeply and then right. all of a sudden knows oh you're having a heart attack or your gallbladder's messed up right he has to right okay right um and that's where i have a problem with this article oh 
because because it, it, it kind of it, it's written saying that he is better at his job because he can feel these things. Now, I can tell you it would be so much easier for us to diagnose some pain, some issues that people have if we could actually feel for a second what they were feeling. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest hindrances in, in dealing with orthopedic issues um, or neurological for that, for that matter is trying to figure out what is the person trying to describe to me, especially if they're not so good with the words, um, trying to tell me how something feels to describe it. Um, where if you could have a, a second where you could actually feel that, that, that'd be great. You could actually figure it out. Like, Oh yeah, that, that sounds, that feels like a nerve sensation. Okay. This is actually a, you know, not a, a local pain. It's a nerve radiating from somewhere else. Right. Um, but that's obviously not what's happening here. His brain is just mimicking symptoms. Just like, just like Ben said that are already told to him or that he is observing. Right. Well, if he's using that to try to diagnose people and treat them, that's going to lead you down some wrong roads. And I, I, I didn't, re- the article is huge, so I didn't finish the whole thing. So I don't know if, if that's what he's actually doing, but I'm not sure they can tout that this actually makes him a better, a, a better physician, except that just being like the, the, the title said more empathetic that people actually are hurting and feeling things. Right. And, and, you know, towards, towards the middle of this article, the, the author of the article makes a really good point, which says, which which to say that mirroring alone does not lead to empathy. Um, we still have to choose to believe another person's feelings matter. So, I mean, yeah, if I see somebody throwing up and then all of a sudden I start feeling nauseated, but if I don't care, there's no empathy there, right? Uh, it's not just that I mirror. If I say, oh, now I feel nauseated, I feel bad for that person, that's where the, the connect comes from. And so I, I think... You know, as I as I read this article, it sounds more like he feels like he can better connect to his patients. Not that he's making any better diagnoses. Right. Diagnoses. I don't really know how to say that word, but uh, it's it it's not that he's doing a better job at that. It's just that his patients can connect better to him, and he can connect better to his patients because he feels what they're feeling, in a sense. Have you ever seen Game Night? Yeah. So, so what I'm picturing is is when they're trying to pull the bullet out of the guy's forearm, or Jason Bateman's forearm, yeah. and they're like, oh, eh, oh, <laughs> and his wife keep driving, yeah, because one gets nauseous because of the blood, and the other one gets nauseous because she's nauseous. <laughs> that 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 scene was one of the funniest scenes. Uh, as a whole, probably not a family friendly movie for those no, of you who are thinking about watching it. But that scene there is one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen. And I was crying on the floor laughing in the theater because of that scene. <laughs> so that's why I picture when he walks into someone's room, it's nauseous. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, oh, and they just go back and forth for a while. <laughs> it's just a, a circle mirroring of each other. Yeah. <laughs> the transcriptionist doesn't know what to put at that point. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, and I so like I, yeah. I feel like this guy's in the wrong profession, though. Like he should be a masseuse or something. <laughs> yeah that that makes no. that makes sense. Because then then he helps people feel good, and he feels good. Yeah, exactly. Great. Gets, gets a massage <laughs> or counseling or counseling. You know, and counseling. it sounds to me a lot like this is actually a neuropsych condition. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they talk about it being a, a really great thing for him, but I would imagine this actually interferes with his life pretty amazingly. And I think as you read yeah. through the article, you see that. We do have the mm-hmm. article linked in the show notes for all of you out there. Um, can yeah? <clears throat> can I just say something, Ben, that, that um, every week impresses me is how quickly you read through these articles because you <laughs> – we don't share these articles ahead of time. Like what people are hearing in real time is us telling the articles and we're Googling it as we go and trying to find the articles. And before routinely, before another person has even finished presenting it, Ben is already an expert on the article because he's already read it that fast. Ah, <laughs> uh, medical school. It trains <laughs> you to. Cause this article is huge. And you just said you picked out a, a quote from the middle of it. Well, technically, your quote wasn't bold, but let's <laughs> <laughs> not give me too much help. credit here. <laughs> uh, Still, I'm impressed. Weekly, <laughs> ah, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's 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 a very useless skill in most of life, but when you help host a podcast, it does come in handy. So, you know, uh, yeah, this is that's a good article. Uh, I I like that you evaluated this article. A little more critically than just being like thanks dog uh i like that you evaluated this article a little more critically than just being like oh this guy's empathetic fantastic we should all be more empathetic done it's more like you know what what is it that makes a good doctor and and does his empathy help him and oh did i forget that part we should be more empathetic we (laughs) sorry full circle (laughs) it's all coming around now back to episode two here we go you know, what have you brought up the point? Like how much does must interfere with his life? Yeah. I mean, seriously, I mean, I didn't see what, what specialty he's in. I think he was ICU or some sort of emergency med. Um, that's, that's gotta be tough Yeah, to not be able to shut that off. Yeah. I think that would be a really, really rough thing for this poor guy. So um, he does have a memoir that he put together, it looks like. So um, if you want to do the work to look it up, go for it. We're not actually going to tell you what it is because we're not advertising for him because he's not sponsoring us yet. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> but Dr. Salinas, if you can hear us, get in touch with us. Contact at ddgpodcast.com. There you go. There you go. That's good. So there you go. Hey, there is the empathy or the uh, anatomy of empathy, which I mean, from vice, that's, uh, that's impressive. You got a great article. Um, you know, what is vice? Why are you, why are you bad mouthing it? I mean, it's just not necessarily one of the most (laughs) educated. Yeah. Like scientific (laughs) publications out there. I mean, one of their articles on the main page, I mean, this is pretty deep here though. The complex ethics of saving a dead person's sperm. I mean, we, we could look into that. We could look into that. But then the next article is how the 1% get high. So, you know, uh, we, we, uh, we've got a lot going on here. Um, and it's time we admit <laughs> that tote bags are trash. I mean, these are hard-hitting articles. So, I don't know. Uh, but I'm glad you found it. You found a nugget of fantasticness right there on vice. Dr. Palmer. Well done. Nugget. 
Have you ever watched their channel, Viceland? I I can't say that I have. It is. It's something. <laughs> Enter, entertaining. Let's let's go with that. It is entertaining. Um, I do have a, a quick follow up article um, to something that uh, that we talked about earlier. So we talked about uh, the fart score. Ah, yes, the fart score. The found and release time, yes, which is is where a wonderful group of researchers decided to all swallow Lego heads and see how long it took for them to uh, come out the other end. And um, it, real quick, Ben, can you see there's an update? Has that last researcher ever found theirs? They, they said that one person <laughs> never found the Lego head. I I will take a look and see if I can. Uh, find I would love to know that. if there's. A, I mean, it definitely was a published an article. To that story. So, uh, and at the time of being published, nobody had found that last Lego. Oh, <laughs> man, we're still praying for that guy. Yeah, um, hoping for the best. So uh, there, there is actually a uh, an article I found um, that was. Uh, duh, 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 duh. I'm sorry again for this um, for the place it comes from. It's from Thrillist. But still true. <laughs> um, man swallows his AirPod. Ah. Discovers it still works after coming out the other end. Ooh. So we have stepped it up a notch from a Lego head to an AirPod. And kudos, Apple. You make good products. It still works. <laughs> no. It still works. Oh, my goodness. Also, <laughs> buyer beware. Also. If you find AirPods for cheap on eBay... Make sure it passes the sniff test and the swallow test. Apparently, oh, 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 well, that's that's great. Did he say how long it took him to pass the uh, the AirPods? I'm trying to skim the article. Maybe it'd be better off if I just sent it to you, so you could skim it that fast. Right. Uh, the average fart score was 1.7 days. Um, uh, in the oh no! Article. Oh, oh! Get this. After after passing out with his AirPods in his ears, a Taiwanese man named Ben Su woke up and realized one was missing. He tried to track it down somewhere in his bedroom using his iPhone, only to discover that the sound was coming from his stomach. Oh no! <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, that's when he freaked out and went to the hospital where the doctors confirmed he had indeed swallowed his precious audio accessory. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, they said he would that he would need surgery to remove it if it didn't come out naturally. They gave him a laxative. Uh, he hoped it would show up. I'm looking for how long it took. Oh, it doesn't say how long it took. Um, it did confirm, though, that he washed it out thoroughly before using it again. That's good. Uh, yes, please. If if you decide to swallow it, oh, it was the next day. Oh, the next day. The fart score holds up. It's about one one point something days. Perfect, perfect. Uh, also, just for those of you in the future, at least with the Lego heads, stool consistency didn't matter. So I I don't know if that matters <laughs> with uh, Apple AirPods, but remember, if you take a laxative or not, it'll still pass. Yeah. Uh, especially uh, make sure that you don't you, you don't try this experiment at home. He's actually very lucky. Not only could it have gotten stuck, but also because they contain a lithium ion battery 
which if he was exposed to that, uh, his intestines could have ruptured. So uh, yeah. we we're all happy for um, uh, ben, ben. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember the name. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, this really could have gone, gone very poorly for this guy, but uh, yeah, maybe in one of our future podcasts, we, we remove the battery from some AirPods and swallow the AirPods. Not it. No, no. Maybe all of not. us. Not it. If I can not do it. the whole 30 for three days, two and a half days, then we can all swallow AirPods without batteries in them. Ben, oh can, can I can I lead you back to to an earlier part of the article where it says the the primary concern is getting stuck? Nah, <laughs> I'm not worried about that. You know, we really should be willing to do more for science. Uh, as much as we're contributing here, I feel like we could contribute more. So, um, okay. First off, I have no part in this. <laughs> I'm an architect. There's a reason I didn't go into medical. You can field. swallow a nail. <laughs> yes. Done. Done. You guys swallowed the deadly ear pods, and I'll swallow the tetanus-filled nail. But the AirPods, let me say, are one of my favorite inventions so far. I love them, but there's just one more reason now why they're the best. They pass. And still work. And still work. <laughs> Amazing, Apple. Hey, so for a quick summary today, we talked about the Impossible Burger, which apparently it's impossible that it tastes that good. And uh, check us out in the future for uh, us trying the Impossible Burger. Uh, we learned about that the Naked Mole Rat is pretty stinking awesome, besides being a sidekick on the TV show Kim Possible. Uh, it also is immune to ant bites. Wow. Uh, and our final article was revisiting the topic of empathy, uh, in which we looked at a physician who really feels, actually feels his patient's symptoms and uh, whether or not that makes him a better physician and whether or not that's something that's a good thing. So, and th that that concludes our health articles today. Uh, oh, oh, no, no, it doesn't. We forgot about the guy who swallowed the AirPods and lived through it. Oh, so don't try this at home. Don't try that at home. And uh, I mean, I think this was a fantastic episode, gentlemen. Well done. I want to hear about the guy that swallows his beat headphones next time. <laughs> <laughs> See how that goes. See, Are we talking about the in-ear one or the over-ear studio ones? Like I've got oh, on, like... the big earmuff ones. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Palmer. Yes. Those. This one's up to you. Like those, Sean. <laughs> He's the only one with the, the beats by Dre or whoever's making them these days. Um, uh, I will not be the test subject there. Sorry. Well, until next time, we are the Doc Doc Goose hosts. I am physician and doctor, Benjamin Imes. I am the physical therapist, Sean Palmer. And doctor. Yeah. Doctor physical therapy, sure. Yeah. DPT. <laughs> You're very fancy. Oh, thanks. And I am just a goose. Not <laughs> Imes. Right now, you're at the end of the episode. It was a fantastic episode, you have to admit. So, this is the time where you do your duty. You get on iTunes or whatever you are. Don't, well, you can duty also, but I'll do this while you're doing your duty. 
get on iTunes or whatever you use to rate us and go give us a rating. Don't forget our contest that if you give us a great rating that is read on the podcast, it has to be a five star, but you have to write something great with it and we read it on air. You, my friend, will get a yoo-hoo with Dr. Imes and myself. Oh. Maybe if Matt wants to join. Wow. Nope. Wow, this nope. could be great. Actually, I uh, one of my MAs actually came to me and said, hey, I heard about the contest. This is fantastic. <laughs> and I was like, did you leave a review? And she said, no, because I don't want to have a yoo with you. <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, come on. Come on. That's, nice. that's, that's rough. Um, really, leave but us a review. People are hearing. The word's getting out. The word's getting out, that's right? Good. We've got listeners in that's Ireland good. and what uh, Syria, I think you were telling me, or uh, Lebanon. And France. There was someone binging our, our stuff from France the other day. Wow. Well done, everybody. Tell your friends and your enemies. We'll take anybody. All right. So go rate us. We'll have a yoo together. Thanks for joining. Thank you for listening to the Doc Doc Goose podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a review to help others discover us. Visit our website at www.ddgpodcast.com to read the show notes, blogs, view videos, and interact with the cast. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the DDG Podcast. If you have an Apple device, you can easily access the podcast by saying, Hey Siri, play the Doc Doc Goose podcast. Oh.